0: All right, mate? That's so what I sound like. The fact that it's an energy podcast and I learned nothing about energy. Do you know what I do like about our podcast? We're not scared to tackle the big subjects.
1: I was looking at some cooking instructions.
0: You actually went and did that. Should I give a little intro on uh, Utility Click? Mm-hmm. No. When we do a one-to-one on Teams, your face is just much bigger.
1: Yeah, I mean it it falls apart when you (laughs) dissect. But let's push on this. I was going to say, yeah, he gets he gets his comfy clothes back at the end, though, doesn't he? So it's a happy ending. I feel like we need a hook to get them back for the next episode. They're going to be like, I met
0: someone really, really interesting this weekend, who, in a good way, did not stop talking about energy procurement. Should we start the US podcast now? Do you think? I thought that was the podcast.
1: Hey, Dim. Yeah, I'm all right. Do you want to talk about what we were just talking about? My haircut. Yeah. Um, but you didn't notice. I've had my haircut. You've seen me twice since I've had it done. Maybe I.
0: <laughs> maybe it's because when I when we do a one to one on Teams, your
1: face is just much bigger. Hmm. Yeah. It looks good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Again, done by the the wife. hasn't haven't paid for it since uh, lockdowns eased. So. Do you think you will start paying for it? Probably at some point, but you know, she's done. She's had a good lot like, of practice now, so over the last year. So it's yeah. Was
0: this the first time was lockdown the first time she ever cut your hair? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Definitely wouldn't consider it for. I think i don't know, just used to going every month or two, spending twenty pounds getting it done, you know, that was twenty? Yeah, yeah, I think it's well I think it's like Where do you go? Uh, locally. Um yeah, so about I think it's probably about eighteen. What, like a local barber's? Yeah. That's a that's that's expensive. Is it? Yeah. You should shop around. They do offer you. They, they, what, they offer you a coffee, what, and they've got a PlayStation. Have they? <laughs> yeah, like a massive screen on the PlayStation, and they're quite young, so I feel quite hit. Are they nice? Yeah, yeah, really nice. Yeah, nice. See, I would probably pay a bit more
0: for a nice person that makes you feel comfortable. Do you do? You, do you have a coffee?
1: Yeah, I do. Depends how much time I've got. If it's just. Did I lunch. ask you whether you play the PlayStation as well? I think. I may have done, I have, it's not like a regular occurrence, they've normally got FIFA on or um, what's the big one that everyone, Fortnite, they've normally got that playing so again a bit too young oh, for me yeah. but yeah yeah agreed, do you um do you give a tip as well? Well that's the thing because it's about, I think it's £18 or £18.50 so they do that deliberately they, don't they? They mate? do, you can't then ask for £2 back or whatever it is, can you, so you just say keep the change no. every time. But this is this is what another positive, sorry
0: what's the best way of phrasing this? One of the good things to have come out of COVID is the fact that because everyone now
1: um, accepts contactless, there's much much less pressure to actually give a tip. Yeah, but I I don't like that sometimes when you have to, we order a takeaway and you they still stand there waiting for it and I think well I can't tip you because you I can't give you anything surely that's part of the I know do you know what you're you're so right about that we get a um, uh, Uber Eats mm.
0: and we've got a I I you know when they say leave a note. Mm. Uh, we leave a note and we say, please just leave it in the porch because we've got a baby sleeping. And then they come to the porch and there's a sign on the door saying, please don't knock, there's a baby sleeping. Right. And then they still knock. Right. And then you open the door and they're just standing there and they kind of just nod at you to say, oh, look, it's down there. And you're like, cheers. <laughs> and you're like, that's, that's frustrating. Although, if I was in their position, would I do it if I was in their position? I mean, yeah, I probably would actually. Yeah, but going back to the hairdresser thing, Mm. I think you're overpaying quite significantly. But if the fact that when you go get your hair cut and they make you feel really relaxed is worth, yeah, six pounds, then six, yeah, okay, is that is that? It's probably, but I think I think that's how much you're overpaying by. Yeah. Oh, I I was going to tell you this. I once went to a. I can't remember if it was a Tony and Guy what are the other one's called is it Rush there's a Rush hair isn't there or something right. like that yeah I went to went I went to one in Redhill I used to work there I didn't go specifically I didn't make the trip to Redhill specifically to get my hair cut mm. and I paid close to 50 pounds right yeah that was back in. that was back in my uh, back in the days that I was um <laughs> trying to impress and it was not worth it. No, because
1: it it had it had no mean meaningful positive impact on my life. Yeah, I remember walking into a Tony and guy actually when I was a student in Manchester and just casually thinking it would be yeah ten pound and then asking how much and it was it was around that and just turning around and saying okay thanks. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. I don't blame you. So there, yeah, no, good, good. What have you been up to?
0: Anything exciting? No, no, nothing. No, I looked after Amelia over the weekend, which was lovely. Spent some time with her, which was all good. Um, She's so great. She's so great. Uh, I'm so in the dad zone now. I was with her downstairs this morning, and I really, really wanted to adjust the notification settings on my phone <laughs> because it had been bugging me for a long time, and I thought now now could... If I didn't have a kid, that would be the perfect time for me to adjust it. I've got this camera outside and it just kept going off. And I was like, now's the perfect time to do it. And I made a conscious effort not to because Amelia was reading The Smartest Giant in Town. Have you... Yes. You know the uh, Julia Donelson books? I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which they're very good, Mm. although pretty pointless stories. Um, It's got a good song at the end, that one, hasn't it? Yeah, say, yeah, yeah, it's quite nice actually because the animals all sing it at the end, don't yeah. they? to say like thanks. Yeah. That's Although, true. not sure in retros—well, in retrospect, would I have given away all my clothes for a paper crown? Probably not. <laughs> no, but, he, but yeah.
1: Anyway. Sorry. No, no, go on. I was going to say. What yeah, it? he gets he gets his comfy clothes back at the end, though, doesn't he? So he's not. You know, it's a happy ending. He gets his lounging yeah. clothes back.
0: Is it though? <laughs> because. Like, it's not really, is it? It's not like, what's the other one where it is a happy end? Oh, have you read A Squash and a Squeeze? No, we haven't got that one. Right, okay. Can I go through this one on. quickly? Yeah. Right. That's another Junior Donaldson book. Basically, it's this uh, old lady that lives in a really small house. Mm. And then she's like, my house is tiny. And I'm really frustrated because I haven't got any space and I have got can't do anything in here. And... Just out of nowhere, this old man walks past, and I don't know what possessed her, but she kind of called out to him and said, "Oh, hi!" Like, I've got a really small house. Have you got any suggestions? <laughs> and he was like, I "He was like, I do actually." He was like, um, "Why don't you? Why don't you, you? You own a pig, don't you?" And she was like, "Yeah." And she get, and then he goes, uh, "Why don't you take the pig and bring it into your house?" And she was like, "Okay." So she did it. And then she was like, well, this is really annoying because I've brought the pig in. And now I've got even less space. And then she was like, have you got any more suggestions? And he was like, yeah, bring in, your, bring in a goat that you own as well. At this point, I'd have been like, this is ridiculous. But she perseveres. Right. She brings in the pig, the goat. I think there's a hen and there's a cow. She brings all of those in and she gets to this point where they're all in there as well. And she, remembering that she was complaining before all of this happened to say, My house is incredibly small. Mm, right. Now it's tiny because there's so much space in there. Mm. And she's like, I'm, go- I'm going bonkers. I've got no space whatsoever. She turns round to the old man and says, What now? And he says, Well, take them all out. take them out one by one she starts taking them out and then by the end when everyone's gone she's like i've got so much space this is amazing (laughs) and then she faints the wise old man this is you know it shows perseverance as well Mm. if ever anyone's telling you to do something and you're thinking this is madness
1: do it (laughs) listen to the stranger on the the corner yeah yeah,
0: exactly (laughs) do it because you don't know where it's going no matter how crazy, do it. <laughs> anyway, um, so she's really happy at the end and she's obviously, you know, nice and spacious house or what, what she perceives that to be. Going back to it, that's not the case with the smartest giant in town because with the smartest giant in town, he gives away all of his clothes. Mm.
1: He gets a nice new suit, doesn't he, at the beginning? And he's really he happy with it. gets a nice new suit, yeah, which
0: he's really happy with and then he gives them all away to help people but... Maybe. Maybe he's like, oh, I'm really cold. And then he gets his old clothes. But I still think that that's not the moral of the story because he must be thinking to himself, well, this is better than nothing. I thought the, the big benefit was that they made a paper crown for him at the end to say thank you. And they
1: gave him a letter, didn't they? And yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. a letter.
1: Well, yeah, what, but he, uh, sorry, I think...
0: sorry, Keaton. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Can I just say one last <laughs> thing? <laughs> just going back to it all. You've done all of that for them and they've just given you a paper crown and a letter. Does that... I mean, is that does that make it worth it?
1: <laughs> I think he's he's meant to realise what's important, so it's helping people over his own personal gain. But yeah, maybe that's the benefit, the uh, lesson. Mm. I think he finds that his his new clothes aren't comfortable. I think that's it as well. There's that that kind of element to it. So he's...
0: oh, I didn't I didn't pick that up.
1: Right. I thought he was
0: just like I thought when he was like, oh, have my belt, you know. It was too tight. Anyway, I thought it was more like he was just saying that to make them feel good. Right, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should talk to Amelia about it and see what she thinks. Yeah. But going back to all of this, the reason I was talking about the smartest giant in town is because I didn't update the notification settings on my phone. And I actually, you know, Amelia was pointing to me at the animals. And then I was like, oh, yeah, no, very good. That is a sheep. Yeah. And that, like you say, they don't want you on on your phone. They want you engaging with That's them. That's it. Yeah. Put down so, the yeah. phone. Yeah. So no, that was all I did. Yeah. This weekend was uh, was all of that stuff. What about you?
1: Um, it was nice going outside. Went and had a bit of a suntown. I think I caught the sun. Weather was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. One thing I did do, I was watching um, highlights to Extreme E. Have you seen that? No. A new sport. So it's like. Uh, uh, Off road, you know, 4x4 four four, electric 4x4 four four cars. They're kind of creating this new sport where they're meant to be traveling around the world to all these different places that are affected by climate change um, and racing these massive 4x4s, four but all, you know, net zero, kind of carbon neutral, offsetting the power that they need to get around the world and charge the vehicles and things. But it's got some big names in it. I just quite interested to see what it was like. But so Lewis Hamilton's got a team and Ex-Formula 1 driver, Rosberg, uh, Nico Rosberg's got a team, there's some rally champions and things like that.
0: There's a lot of this going on now, isn't there? Hmm, I'm quite interested Moving in to E, like electronic versions of original sports.
1: Yeah, there's um, Formula E as well, isn't there? So it's the same as Formula 1, but with electronic cars. Is it becoming more popular? Well, I think so. I think it's going to go that way. I mean, we talked before about Formula 1 choosing not to go down that route, but I think... Mm. You, they probably will at some point. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think though it's it's really interesting actually because I see it more and more. I was reading something where someone was saying it was a business that was saying, "Oh, we're really proud to say that we're going to be carbon neutral by 2025." Businesses are really um, marketing this mm. and promoting this, and the surely the only reason they would be doing that is because they recognise. That us as consumers, it's much more important generally to us than it ever has been. That your, the people you're buying from, are doing
1: things in a environmentally, you know, mm. good way. Yeah, there's definitely an appetite, isn't there, to the people that you purchase things from, to see that they're doing more. It is. It is interesting if you look at how
0: it's changed over the last twenty, ten to twenty years think people would people have big issues with bitcoin and that kind of stuff
1: because of the power consumption for
0: that you yeah would, because yeah. of the power consumption and people look at it and go well it's really bad for the environment if you'd have looked at it 20 years ago like I, here's, here's a different way of putting it i remember when i was looking at cars 20 years ago and they were starting to promote sorry 20 years ago about 15 years ago they were starting to promote miles per gallon and you know Fuel economy and everything like that. And when fuel wasn't quite as expensive as it is now, I don't know whether it was just that, but I remember thinking to myself, that's not actually that big a deal for me when it comes to buying a car. Mm. It's not like it's more important to me the price, it's more important, you know, maybe what the car looks like and stuff like that. But it's much more important now to people who didn't really care about this stuff 15 years ago. And if that's the kind of progression we've made over 15 years, then surely in 15 years' time, it will be more important still, won't it? Mm, You'll be I making so. purchases much more on a basis of... Um, it will just be the
1: norm, I guess. It won't be a consideration. Mm, you know, it will be accepted mm. that everything has to be that way. Yeah. Well, it's going to have to be anyway, if you look at go- government legislation. Mm. Yeah.
0: No, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I just thought, yeah, in Streamy, I was quite interested. See, I, I wasn't that impressed with the racing, but with uh, the yeah. idea... anyway. But, um, yeah well, what was it on Sky uh, it was on BBC on in the UK um, oh really they they went to uh, it was somewhere in the desert which was the I think it was it Saudi Arabia somewhere so they go into different parts that are affected by climate change they go into oceans and deserts and the Arctic and the Amazon and that kind of thing um, so yeah the, it was quite nice they're on a, they've, they've taken the cars around on an old 30 year old boat with one engine running to reduce all this and things like that so it's They've thought of kind of a lot about how they're not going to, um, you know, create more pollution. Like they do, I guess. Like Formula One, we obviously fly their cars around the world. I can hear your dog. I know. The, um, I think there's a supermarket delivery due. We've got like a private road down the side of our house, and sat navs seem to take um, people who don't know to right down the side of it, and you, they can't turn around. So when the supermarket vans try and get down there, they get stuck, and then my mm. dog gets very excited that they're getting stuck. So I think that's what's happened. So I can hear a lot of. Guys. <laughs> Well, I don't blame him. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the highlight to his day, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. I don't really know what he's trying to say to them, but yeah.
0: Welcome, <laughs> welcome. You know, we we we're we're thrilled to see you, but it's a private raid, really. So you should probably you should probably go the other way. But you know, as
1: long as you know for next time, next time, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's what I imagine he's saying. Yeah, cool. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about waffles, waffles like, after last time. That's what I wanted to bring up with you.
0: Yeah, it's, um, (laughs) what were you going to talk about? Uh, Well, you know,
1: after the discovery last time where we found out that you didn't know that you could put a waffle in the toaster, um, you were putting yours in the oven and it seemed to be a a big, big problem. Do you know,
0: can I just say one thing before you go on? on.
1: I've spoken to a few people
0: about this and I, firstly, I don't know whether our podcast should just be updated so that it exclusively talks about waffles because people are much more interested in that than hearing me on about the energy industry. Mm. But there was one guy that I told, and he's a a clever guy. I went went to the pub last week, and uh, he said, I didn't know that. And he then, this is the greatest thing, I didn't ask him to do this, he then WhatsApped a few of his mates, and one of them sent back a shocked face emoji, because they didn't realise that you can put the waffle
1: in the toaster as well. Mm. So... This you know it's powerful stuff i've had similar people I've had people say the same thing to me, which so it's um I think it could be a big problem I think pretty- <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i do you know
0: what I do you know I mean our um podcast has got various flaws in it, but do you know what I do like about our podcast? Mm. We're not scared to tackle the big subjects no no I, think- I mean if you look at some of these other people that release podcasts. They wouldn't. They wouldn't go near this waffle subject in their wildest dreams. They'd no, be scared no. about losing all of their their uh, their listeners. <laughs> but we 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 class, you know, engaging conversation
1: over and above. People listening to it, <laughs> I think it's an important message as well. I think I was, I was I was looking at some cooking instructions. So you know, we talked about last point about cooking instructions. You actually went and I did went that. and did this. So do you know what I would have done? I, I couldn't find any in the freezer, but I was tempted
0: to. Well, but yeah, please so, go on. So, so,
1: so yeah. So one of the in the toast. It's one of the on the back of the box, well-known waffle brand in the UK, potato waffles. It says put in the toaster for five minutes or oven for two hundred and twenty degrees for fifteen minutes. Yeah. So I was crunching the numbers like you do. And an, uh, is a, that a preheated oven? Well, exactly. I mean, I don't know if that takes that into account. You could add another five minutes exactly. onto that. Yeah, you have to preheat, don't you? So you're, you're right, mm. actually. I haven't, I haven't factored that into my calculations. Schoolboy. But, <laughs> I mean, let's I caveat these, cal- these calculations that obviously it's, it's myself doing it, so they're probably nowhere near accurate. But an oven uses about 2,500 watts, where a toaster uses 1,200, right? So obviously, potato waffles are in the oven. For, um, sorry, so that means that kind of oven, the oven needs twice as much energy there. And needs to be cooked for three times as long. So that's a lot of energy that, you know, you need to... Is it more energy than the toaster? Sorry, my maths is so dreadful. Yes, yeah, so 2,500 watts for the, the oven and 1,200 yeah. for the toaster. So half, but twice the energy needed for the oven and also for three times as long. So that's a lot. Oh, is it? Yeah. And, and is so it? I kind of conservatively estimated about five million potato waffles are eaten each year. I think that that's fair enough. Yeah, 5 so, so if half of those are cooked in the oven, so half people don't know about that. Uh, that's a five hundred and twenty five watt hour difference need between the between the two of them. So if you total that all up, that's one billion three hundred and twelve million five hundred thousand watt hours difference of energy. Or if you want to say it the normal way, one million three hundred and twelve thousand five hundred kilowatt hours difference. So, you know, fair chunk there. So we what we we could we could take this to we could take this to government. I think so. It could be like our kind of save the way or, you know campaign we could start a movement it's interesting isn't it maybe
0: so, we've stumbled our way across saving the world we need to think we need to carefully think about the message
1: well you see i've already done this i've been on it so i've got some i've got some is this what you've been doing last week because you went quiet for a couple of days <laughs> this is it we've put our top brains together and um and we've come up with these these great tag i thought you know every every campaign needs a good tagline so i've got some to uh hit you with you ready go on then first one yeah. And waffly big problem. No, I was quite confused about an or a there because obviously you're trying to do awfully, but obviously it's a waffle, so I've gone with an an waffly big problem. Anyway, Mm.
0: no, so you don't, you don't, don't feel feel free not to be confused about an or a anymore because you can just you can disregard
1: that from your thought process for the rest of your life. Okay, maybe maybe I thought maybe we target the kids and they're quite into their social media, so hash bad as in like hashtag. Hash bad, because it's like a potato hash. It's it's a tenuous link, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's better than the last one, but but still awful. Uh, potato, potato waffle? Potato oh, yeah, yeah. waffle? Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this yeah, is my favourite. The final one's my favourite, though. None in the oven.
0: <laughs> Can you just explain that to me?
1: Well, none in the oven. So you don't want to put your waffle in the oven, so we don't want anything in the oven. But it also, it kind yeah. of sounds like... Bun in the oven. I don't know which is a phrase. But
0: why? Why? What's a waffle got to
1: do with a bun? Well, yeah. I mean, it it falls apart when you dissect it. <laughs> <laughs> let's push on this. Let's not. Let's not. Let's
0: not just um, go past this quite swiftly. So, none in the oven. The fo- just to understand you more as an individual. So you put the phrase "none in the oven"
1: because of the link with bun, but actually. We're talking about waffles. Well, primarily, it's telling you not to put it in the oven. That was my first. But one. it's telling—it's
0: not. But the the—it's telling you not to put the bun in the oven. <laughs> it's not telling you anything about the waffle. I mean, if you if you put this out there onto social media and just went with none in the, none in the oven, people would struggle <laughs> so much to get their
1: head around that. <laughs> it would need an accompanying paragraph, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it would do. It would do. It need one of those stars to
0: actually fully explain what that means.
1: I'm this could be like the big poster, none in the other, on a billboard. You know, lights, and then yeah. underneath, talking about yeah. waffles and toasters. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, no. So uh, the the last one's the one I I like the most, just because. I think that probably says a lot about your first few because it had such a, a such a D link to waffles. I think is is <laughs> it was the sarc- sarcasm I enjoyed the most out of it. Yeah, but I think um, what's let me think of a positive to say. Um, I think the fact that you've given some thought around the marketing of it is a good thing. I think that's important because, as I said before. As clearly as just been shown here, we cannot just take this and run with it. We've got to give some careful thought about how we're going to make this topic interesting and and make sure that people don't just laugh about it. This is really important. Mm. I tell you what I'm going to do I'm going to go away and i 'm going to give some more thought to it, and I think I can come up with a better what what do you call it a pun?
1: Yeah, a tagline, I guess, the campaign tagline. It doesn't have to be pun related. I guess I just went down that route. People love a Mm. pun, don't they? Don't they? Mm. I I think we, yeah, something to put on the t shirts, anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I'll start designing t shirts then. No. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine being the person or people that have saved 1,312,500,000 watt hours, you know, the energy that's needed to generate that. You know.
0: Yeah, no, it would be amazing. It would be. It's just, It would be. You know, it would, I would be very, very proud if I managed to do that. Mm. But then you've got a. That's like turning around and saying, how brilliant would it be if you were a multi, multi-billionaire? I'm going to start a business. And then you do have to weigh it down slightly and bring reality back to it to go, there's a very, 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 very high chance that I'm not going to be able to do this. <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah. Well, no, no, make me a believer.
1: Good. Should we move on to energy-related bits? Yeah, let's do that. What would you like to chat about this week?
0: Um, I want to finish off on the kind of the opening analysis between the UK and the US markets from an energy brokering point of view. Um, And we've talked for the last few weeks about the differences and I just want to take this back now and go through what some of the similarities are. And then I think that'll round it all off quite nicely so the good thing is here that generally the process of procuring energy from a broker point of view in the UK and the US is very very similar and you would expect that to be the case because energy is energy and procuring is procuring so there shouldn't be too many big differences from that so if we go through the process very very high level of what you have to do when you're Um, you know managing energy procurement within a brokerage Uh, very simply you have your prospect customer you identify them you engage with them and if they want you to help them you will then go ahead and get an LOA or a copy bill same in the UK and the US once you have that copy bill or that LOA you'll profile them you'll get the information about them site location information meter account information, current contract information so you know when you can next procure for them. Exactly the same, both UK and US. And once you've done that and you've got that information, you can then go and procure it. So you can go and procure that portfolio. Now you can do that on a bespoke basis, custom pricing basis, same as UK and the US. You send your, your opportunity or your tender out to market and then suppliers will respond on that basis you if it's a small opportunity you can price matrix same in the uk and the us get instant pricing back and potentially have all of the contract templates ready to send off to the customer Uh, next stage is that you get that contract back and the customer signs it happy days you have to book it with the supplier so you'll send it off to the supplier ask them to book it lock it in um, and wait for that confirmation to come through and then once that's happened fantastic um you'll wait for it to register or enroll in the US. So the process is exactly the same. It's all very simplistic, but this is basically how how it works. And then as you go through uh, and make sure that it's actually gone live or enrolled with the new supplier, then you'll at some point, hopefully get paid by the suppliers for the commission that you've got included within those deals as the meter or the account goes ahead and uses that energy. And the payment terms that you have in place with those suppliers, very similar in the UK and US, monthly in arrears or residual um, or percentages up front, Uh, you'll get that money through and then you'll make sure you're getting paid what you're expecting to get paid, you'll reconcile it all. And then once you've done all of that, you'll start the process again and again and again with all of these other customers. And from a business point of view, you will review the performance of the business, monitoring KPIs, same in the UK, US, number of LOAs you're getting through, how many opportunities you're profiling how many contracts you're actually striking and putting in place commission you're earning etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's great that's exactly how it works in the uk that's exactly how it works in the US and unless um I'm misreading the situation that is pretty much the way it works in e- any deregulated territory across Europe Australia anywhere I mean that's deregulated any energy procurement in a nutshell um so it's great because, our, you know, what we did, we built a system up for the US and, you know, didn't have to make too many wholesale changes because the process are exactly the same. So, um, very, very similar. Going nice through and that simple process. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, nice and simple. And then, I suppose, again, this is quite obvious, um, but it's good to hear, actually, when I do um, demos and chats with people in the US, is that it's not all just about the procurement side of things. So... again, this is probably really obvious, but like I say, it's good to hear, is that every country pretty much is signed up to tackling climate change and getting energy um, reduction measures in place. And it's the same in the US. So you've got two different types of brokerage company. You've got a standard broker that will just focus on the procurement. Same in the UK, same in the US. Then you've got a consultancy that's like, well, procurement is one piece of what I do, but I do all of this other stuff as well. I do bill validation verification. I look at the customer's um, energy profile, and I'll put a risk management process in place to make sure that they're, um, you know, we're managing their budgets, and we're, you know, we're we're doing all of their cost analysis and uh, managing all of that effectively. We'll look at energy saving opportunities, um, you know, we'll put LED lighting in place and uh, battery storage and. All of this side of things, demand side response. Mm. Um, We'll look at any local legislation that's in place that you might have to adhere to, you know, climate um, agreements or opportunity schemes or anything like that. And we'll we'll make sure that these companies are uh, adhering to those policies. And it's the same in the states as it is in the UK. You know, it's big out there as well. And consultancies, you know, make a living off having an understanding on the best way to you know manage that entire energy portfolio and drive savings across the business whilst also making sure that those businesses are operating in a world now as we said before where it's much more important to be perceived and actually be energy efficient mm. and that's a big thing in the states as well so it's the same I wanted to say that because it's the same in the UK You know, you can get a bit stuck in a rut sometimes thinking the only thing you talk about is procurement, procurement, procurement. But um, we fundamentally, we, I believe that that's all going to change. I know we've been, I said this in another podcast, I know we've been talking about this for years, but procurement and um, the need for procurement on its own will die over the next five to 10 years. And you're going to need to provide additional services to customers, not just corporates, but smaller businesses as well, which are going to be put under more and more pressure to make sure that they're um, adhering to, you know, making sure they're as energy efficient as possible. Mm. And that's where these bigger consultancies will come in with all of these different offerings. And it's the same in the States. There's a big push
1: on this. And it's where the future of the energy industry is going. So, do you think yeah, that will? good to one, see. You. Do you think that will one day bleed over into generating green power for the, you know, businesses will be encouraged to create their own, generate their own green power?
0: Yeah, I think so. When when the technology catches up, I said it before that we shouldn't be under any illusion that that is an easy thing to do. If you look at it from both the UK and the US point of view, um, you look at old, really old-scale generation systems. If you look at it in the UK, we've got a really, really old generation system and we still have things coming out in the news every winter saying, oh, there's going to be power shortages and there's going to be blackouts every winter. Mm. Um, it's in these various newspapers this scaremongering and if we're still like that with our energy mix becoming more and more green now and we're you know that's still only a sliver of the overall generation mix you know it shows that we're still nowhere near getting to a point where at a micro level people can just become completely self-sufficient I do think it will happen more and more over the next 20 years with ppas and the ability to
1: actually select your source yeah in an easier way but we know we near that well um, we t- talked previously didn't we about tesla and their roof tiles and i did actually have a, a little look after we spoke about that I and mean, you know that's that's still been i mean that's been promised for a few years now and i don't think we still have it in the uk do we i think it's just a us only thing at the moment but um that's really interesting where you can again convert your roof tiles to be solar panels and then you can store them up with their They've got Tesla power walls and things like that. But I mean that's mm. on a residential scale. But mm. yeah. I do think that we again we spoke about this before. I do think it is the next
0: opportunity for real disruption. Like, you know, that next big step change. Mm. You know, you saw it with the internet and with computers. And if you look at the technology that could come into the energy industry, that is a big disruptor. I do think that uh, mass adoption of electric vehicles will drive that you get a lot of people commentating on tesla and electric vehicles and you get a lot of people saying oh well you know it's fine if only a small number of people use it but you're already under a lot of pressure with electricity generation what happens if every household is plugging their cars in overnight you know the 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 network will will struggle with it yeah the current network will Mm. but the reason why i imagine elon musk and tesla and Or, sorry, Elon Musk as an individual is, uh, you know, operating businesses um, for battery storage and micro generation. Is that he realizes that this is the first stage with electric vehicles. You get those on the road and you try and get mass adoption of that. But then once you've done that, you're going to have this problem of how people are actually going to, you know, charge them up overnight. Mm. It's a bit like when, you know, when um, Apple released the iPod. Yeah and they got mass adoption on that and they made huge huge profits. He Steve Jobs realized very very quickly it's like great I've released the iPod but it, we we may not even want to build a phone but we have to build a phone. Because if we don't build a phone then people are going to see this iPod and they're going to basically put that technology into their phones and it will make the iPod redundant. Mm. And they had to go down that route. They had to they they saw that Based on the success of the iPod, they had to evolve their product into the iPhone. And I do think with Elon Musk, he'll look at it and go, right, okay, so I've got mass adoption on the roads of my electric cars now. And you've got this massive demand suddenly there for um, you know, micro-generation. Mm. And then that's going to be the area that all of these companies in and make an absolute fortune out of it. Because suddenly every, we're all going to need it. And Sui, just going back to the main question you asked there, do I think that you know that will happen. But that's where that's that's where I think you'll suddenly slowly start moving away from centralized generation networks, and then go at a, a micro level because it's all about demand at the end of the day. And as soon as us as individuals have an electric car, and then you see the central network actually struggling, so you don't know whether you're going to be able to charge your car overnight or not, then mm. suddenly that that creates a demand for you, and a requirement, and a need for you to install solar panels on your roof. Or to have battery technology in your house. Because then suddenly we need that. And we don't want to rely on a central network. And then through that, and through that creation of need, we'll, um, we'll move everything across, in my opinion. Mm. But like I say, I mean, if you look at... This goes back to, because you go, well, when's it going to be that we've all got electric cars on the road? Well, they've said 2030, isn't it? That they stop producing petrol and diesel, diesel yeah. engine yeah. cars. So you've still got a while away, but yet... Um, I think it will take that long if not longer for you know the way we procure and manage energy or well, brokers manage manage that process for that to change as well. Yeah.
1: There's always that argument as well that the batteries that you know to generate the create the batteries in uh, electric cars creates you know there's only a, a certain amount of is it lithium that they need to mine yeah. in, and, you know so that always is the argument that people that are in favor of petrol cars how are you going to get all that lithium to make all the batteries to replace those cars but I guess again it's these kind of little Inroads that then people find other ways to do this. Same But well, Did time. they have
0: that problem with fossil fuels back in the day? Though mm. I don't. I really don't know enough about this. But when um, the car was first created, and then suddenly they felt that the most the the easiest fuel to use would be oil. Was there people at the time that were like, "My goodness, if there's mass adoption of this, where are we going to get all of the oil to"? you know, to get these cars roadworthy Mm. and actually being able to use them. And then suddenly R&D is all invested into that space. And then suddenly there's there's more uh, sophisticated drilling techniques and everything like that. And then suddenly it's like, oh, it's actually really easy to get this stuff out of the ground. Mm. Maybe lithium as a commodity will replace oil in terms of its requirement and need globally because of this this mass change and then suddenly if that's the case i really don't know a lot about this but then suddenly if that's the case then they'll start looking at ways to you know obtain that yeah as a commodity and then get that through so maybe it's a similar thing maybe we just need to look at history and look at the way it's worked in the past and that's a pretty good indicator of how it's going to work in the future
1: yeah i agree i guess trusting technology technology will always people you know there's a need and there's a uh, uh, money to be made I guess at the end of the day then that will drive maybe different ways to create batteries and you know yeah
0: but it's, it, it is interesting it's only as we talk about it because we talked about solar panels in one of our first podcasts what is the need apart from doing the right thing to have a solar panel on your roof it's it's too easy at the moment just to have an electricity meter mm. and just pay for your electricity The payback on having solar panels put on your roof, it's not worth it. No, because of the feed-in tariffs and things like that that have gone, um, it's not worth the investment because it will take too long to get that money back. Yeah. maybe it will be that point that you have electric vehicles, and I can't think of it right now, but you'll have other technologies that suddenly uh, have this requirement for more electricity to be used in our household, and that'll be the time that actually, you know, it becomes it becomes as um, a standard, when you look around a house and go, I assume it's got central heating. Mm. I assume you've got a toilet and a shower and a bath in your house. Maybe it'll become as standard as that. That you're like, oh, I, I assume you've got these, you know, uh, Elon Musk, uh, solar panels on your roof, mm. or or solar tiles. Maybe it'll maybe it'll become as uh, expected mm. as that in fifteen. It, look, actually, the more I think about it, the more I think it must do. Because, the, surely the the price of electricity through this for a centralised generation will become more and more expensive, and then there'll be a, a monetary requirement for you to look at alternative ways to, um, you know, generate electricity in your house. Mm. It's a shame we didn't talk about this at the beginning of the podcast because <laughs> it is interesting,
1: isn't it? It is, yeah, it is, and where it's going to go. I guess and then there's mm. hydrogen as well, which we won't have any touched on and that kind of thing. So I guess there's always avenues of generating different, you know, sources of power. Um mm. it's interesting that as well that we're kind of talking about the residential will kind of drive commercial maybe. because um, at the moment that's that seems to be the way, you know, the residentials are the ones that are investing in the, the solar power where where I wonder when that will flip. I mean, like you say when companies will become aware that they can generate their own power and that there's gonna be a need for that. Yeah,
0: um, I don't know. I don't know
1: again it's about as you say it's about having that need
0: i think that businesses are doing really good things pressured by the government to um uh to move in this direction i think it's going to be money at the end of the day that's going to that's going to drive it mm. i don't know enough about this and again it's a good topic for for future to get someone on about carbon credits right. carbon carbon payments and going through tendering on that i think that carbon is going to become you know a uh, a, uh, something that you have to pay for as a business as well. Right. And I think when that happens, that there will be a big requirement from a business point of view. I mean, if you're looking at paying carbon off it in the same way that I don't know, you look at any efficiency that you look in your your business as an oper- o- operational cost. You'll you will suddenly look at uh, the way that you produce electricity mm. uh, as a way to potentially save money. And I think that I think that's the way the government's going. But I don't know enough about it. That would be a good future episode then for us to focus on yeah Um, yeah
1: should we draw it to a close then it's a lot of waffling um
0: yeah yeah let's do that next time we'll i want to see if we can get a guest on i'd like that talk about um some us stuff and some of the bits that we've gone through and we we rambled through and we didn't really know what we were talking about i'd like to get their input on it so maybe we can do that and then look at one of these other topics we've just been talking about and actually focus an entire entire session on that. Brilliant.
1: Cool. I'll get to work on the uh, t-shirts as well.
0: Yeah, don't. I mean, let's um, Why don't you think about something in your head and then next time we'll speak to